0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back. It's time for The home stretch here on Silver and Black. Today, an Odyssey original podcast, also radio show. Yes, that's right. If you're listening to us on The Bet in Las Vegas... Thanks for being with us. We are in the home stretch here. Uh, Scott Branson and Mo Moten with you. And uh, we wanted to touch on, we didn't touch on earlier in the show, but yesterday or last evening, uh, yesterday afternoon Pacific time, uh, some really terrible news. And that was that Raiders tight end, former Raiders tight end, he's now a free agent. Foster Moreau went in for his physical with the Saints, and they discovered that he has uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, so he's going to step away from football and take care of himself. And of course, we wish him the best for a young guy to, to get uh, Hodgkin's disease is just insane, Mo. And uh, we certainly wish him the best. And this is one of the times where where you start to think uh, of football in the human terms and not from the football perspective and get angry about free agents that were or whatever. And I know all of Raider Nation sends its thoughts around uh, for Foster Moreau, but just terrible news.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure he was excited about possibly joining the Saints because, you know, he went to LSU. He's a native of that area. So he he was probably looking forward to a bright new chapter and he goes to the physical and finds out this news. Of course, we wish him the best, but it's just a reminder. And I'm not trying to turn this into a show about life, but it's just a reminder, like people, even if you feel fine, make sure you keep up with your checkups and get checked out because he probably wouldn't have known had he not gone through this physical And you want to detect things like this very early so that you can take care of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, that's so true, because you don't know. And yes, he's a young guy, his chances of hopefully beating this are better, because he had that physical. If he was Mm. just a regular everyday guy and wasn't feeling symptoms, because he obviously he wasn't. um, And Mm. he goes in for a physical, uh, and he doesn't go in for physical, I should say, who knows what happens. So uh, thank Mm. God that he was able to find that. And again, we wish him well, I'm sure we'll We'll see his story, and I hope that he gets healthy enough he can come back next season and, and play for the Saints, like you said, in his hometown near his alma mater as well. Just, just, you know, again, the human news here, the humanity of football comes out, and you certainly want to uh, see him do well. So our best to Foster Moreau uh, as he fights this moving forward. Uh, all right, well, we're going to get into our mailbag now as we do this time of the show, and uh, we start with our man who used to be Derek Carr's hair. Then he was Jared Stidham's <sighs> hair on Twitter. And now he's Jimmy G's hair on Twitter. So he's got the whole quarterback hair thing t- tied in, Mo. As I hear uh, a motorcycle you know, speed by your place. Um,
2: I wanted to ask him, what happens if like Brian Hoyer becomes a starting quarterback? <laughs> Brian Hoyer has no hair. So what do you do? Like, are that, you that, like Brian Hoyer's bald head? Or- that would, I think
1: you could what? be like Brian Hoyer's dome.
2: <laughs> like, how does that work don't i guess he can answer back on twitter but yeah i'm sure fortunately I'm sure. jimmy g has a good has a good head of hair so
1: yes did that. you by the way did you see that video of his first tour of allegiant and there's like fans in there the doing the moment. tour the awkward yeah. moment where he said, like, you're a handsome man
2: he's like i don't know what to say to that
1: <laughs> i don't know what to say to that it's like oh my gosh you know uh it's funny when Thank people you? meet i guess it, it's, it is interesting though because i've seen that many many times right Where somebody sees a celebrity, somebody they look up to. When I was in the boxing world, this happened. I would be out with fighters before a fight, you know, the night before a a show. And somebody would see their favorite fighter and they would, it would just come out wrong. Right. (laughs) Something would come out wrong. And uh, so when when that happened with Jimmy G, it was the same kind of thing. I thought it was kind of funny. All right. Let's get into Jimmy G's hair. His question. (laughs) That's his Twitter handle, by the way. We're not actually talking about Jimmy G's hair. Come on. Uh, here's what he says. He says, Scott and Mo, I think there's a really good chance that Leonard Williams might be traded to the Gi or traded due to the Giants tagging Barkley and signing Danny dimes, or vice versa. If this is the case, do you think that the Raiders should pounce? What sort of market would Williams have? He's 28 years old, grew up a Raiders fan. I think it's realistic. Also, no state tax in Nevada. That's Jimmy G's here. What do you think? We've talked about Leonard Williams on the show before, Mo. Uh, and with the Giants, what do you think is going to happen there? Is he a guy that perhaps the Raiders could could possibly get to improve that line?
2: Now, I get the connection because he played well under Patrick Graham, so Patrick Graham could immediately just plug him in there, and he, he fits a need for the Raiders, automatically makes that Raiders defensive line a lot better. Now, would you trade, would you acquire him if he was, if the Giants were asking for it? a second round pick because he had a down year yeah. as far as his numbers are concerned. I just took a quick glance and two and a half sacks this past season. I don't think he would cost the one, but if, if he is made available for a second round pick, I, I definitely, I, I take that as, as Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G's hair said, it's only 20 years old, still the prime of his career. And as I said, he played well on the Patrick Graham. So if he is available now, I haven't yeah. read reports that he is, but sometimes these teams uh <laughs> shop players and we don't know about it. It's under wraps because they don't want it public because they want as much value as they can get for that player. But if he was to be made available, if he is available out there, sure, I'd take him because I know he wouldn't cost more than a, a second round pick to get him.
1: Yeah. And I listen, I think worth a second round pick, depending what you do with the first. Um, but but either way, to get a player, are you going to get a player that good? Even like to your point, not a yeah. great year last year, but 28 years old. I mean, he's a young guy. So are you going to get a player that could come in and have that kind of impact in the second round of this draft inside? No. Can you get a good player in the second round in this draft on the inside? Yes. But to me, well worth it. If they could do a second round pick uh, for that one. And I just don't know if the giants are going to do it.
2: I don't know either. I don't think, I don't think they're going to shop him simply because he's, he's again, you can maneuver the cat. We'll see what happens with Saquon Barkley. They did pay Denny Dines, but they they did lower his cap hit they uh, did. versus if they had franchise tackle. So they, they made some room so that they can keep some of their core key players. I, I don't think Leonard Williams get, gets moved, but if he happens to be on the move, he had 11 and a half sacks under Patrick Graham in 2020. Yeah, I jump on that in a heartbeat.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Jimmy G's hair on Twitter. Our longtime listener, we appreciate it, man, and appreciate your question. All right, we're moving on now to a new emailer, Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S is his name. He says, gentlemen, I think this one's sarcastic, but let me, let me see. Uh, he says, gentlemen, it starts with gentlemen, it has to be. Uh, can you rack your brains and try to remember so far? He wants to know, Mo, can we say three great things Ziegler has done? Adams and what? Yasin was not a great signing and Jones was subpar. Or can you name three great plays called by McDaniels? I can think of one flea flicker off the top of my head and a lot of sweeps for two-yard losses. Not okay moves or okay calls, but great stuff that would reflect the arrogance of those two. That's Anders. So Anders is not happy with Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels. Mo, we've talked about it since November on this show. We've been very, very critical where it was due Around Josh McDaniel's coaching. We have said there's a lot to be desired. There has to be massive improvement from him in this coming season. Whether or not the Raiders are a playoff team or not, doesn't matter. You still can see whether the coaching gets better. Secondarily, we've had criticism for Dave Ziegler, but we've also given him a little bit of grace to say, okay, this is his first full draft. He's made some okay signings, some questionable signings, and now he seems like he's on a path to want to build this team through the draft. Um, when you listen to Anders' uh, anger over what these two guys have done, Josh McDaniel's arrogance, I can see that. I don't sense that from Dave Ziegler.
2: To answer the emailist question, I, look, the frustrating thing that I saw that Kurt Wano pointed out in his breakdown of Derek Carr and the offense was he pointed out the fact that the Ravens had Devontae Adams run a lot of a bunch of go routes. And we all yeah. know Devontae Adams is one of the best route runners in the game. It's frustrating to just see him run these, these simple goal routes. And it's like, you, you have Devontae Adams. You could use him a lot better than that. So I understand Anders' frustration with Joshua things Again, we pointed out the blown leads in the second half as well. So I get that. But with with Ziggler, I would, as you said, I would give him some time. I understand outside of Devontae Adams, who people give Carr a lot of credit for that trade move happening. Outside of that, it's, it's kind of a lot of meh, okay, and and disappointing. But again, Give him a full draft, give him a full draft class. And by that, by what I mean by that, is a first and second round pick, 12 picks. Then we'll, we'll kind of judge what what his track record is. Because again, he has a very limited track record with the Patriots. Uh, the fact of GM for one year, and I get the signings last year, the phrase that he did make Chandler Jones the most notable. Not something you want to write home about, not something that Raider fans are too optimistic about going into this year, but give him some time. He's a, he's a new GM. This is his second year as the as the I don't want to say general manager general manager because he had one year at the Patriots. But give him some time. I, be be a little. I know Raider fans hate the p word. Be a little <laughs> patient with Dave Ziegler. I understand with Josh Daniels because he's made mistakes in the past with Denver, and you can kind of see sure. some of those mistakes rearing their ugly head again. Yes. But with Dave Ziegler, I I would just say let's see what his second year looks like with the signings. No, no, the signs aren't a lot to write home about, but with the with the draft, and then come back and we'll and we'll assess based on that. But again, to, to Andrew's point, but aside from Adams, not a lot to be ecstatic about with Ziegler his moves.
1: No, and, and and but but we touched on it in the second segment in reviewing your column though, which is uh, this is a make or break draft for the team. So I think you'll know a lot about Dave Ziegler after this draft and what he's able to do.
2: The one thing I will say, though, and I don't want to start a fire here on the show, but I know there are some <laughs> Raider fans out there who will say, hey, he got rid of Derek Carr. That's a positive. Uh, yes. I'm not uh, saying I say this, but there are Raider fans that say, saying, finally, Days Ligger was the GM, the shot call that finally was able to had the balls to move on from Derek Carr because previous regimes didn't. Because a lot of people, let's be honest, will say Carr is a head coach killer. Some yes. people look at it on this side of the coin and say, oh, Carr has had so much instability because of the Raiders' dysfunction. And there's some people that say, well, Carr is a coach killer. He gets coaches fired. Yeah. So depending on how you look at it, you may look at Derek moving off from Derek Carr as a positive. So there, they're, for some Raiders fans, there are two moves. Getting Devontae Adams and then getting rid of Derek Carr. Uh, and saying. then
1: there's the other part of those people who would agree with you but would say that um, they should have done it last year. <laughs> right? Because nobody's ever happy. All right. And –
2: and there's another group of people that say they should have gotten a draft pick for him, which I do agree with. They they yes. bungled that, that situation where they could have they should have gotten some draft capital for a starting caliber quarterback. And
1: I, th- I think there's some validity to the argument some fans out there about the Waller deal, too. They they could have gotten rid of Waller last year for a second round pick for Green Bay. I would have done it. it. I done wrote, it. wrote about it. You did write they it.
2: Offered, they offered the Packers offered the Raiders a second round pick for Waller, and I said it when the Raiders were two and five. Yep. I had a tweet that said they cannot stick with the status quo. They have to break this up. Trade, trade one of your players, get some draft capital, and look forward to next year. Yep. They held on to Waller, and of course he was injured, banged up for the season. So of course his value goes down. So instead of a second round pick, now you get a third round pick. Yep, Absolutely. that's on the ridge. That's on Ziggler and and um, McDaniel's.
1: Yes, it was okay. They were too committed to the to those guys too long. All right, Anders. Thank you so much for your email. We appreciate uh, you being part of the show and and keep keep uh, messaging us. Keep listening. We appreciate it. All right. Now we go on for our last mail today uh, with our our longtime listener Har- Gary Harkin reader. Uh, he says, "Hey, say hi to Midtown Gary. Mo. Ma- say hi to Midtown Mo, which we haven't even said hello to him here yet. So here we go." <laughs> All
2: right. oh, I love the intro oh the side hat me. oh
1: look at that Scott you, man. look at that I gotta got do what I gotta do all right
2: you our producer bobbing his head in the background
1: he is he is he is all right here we go so he says say hi to midtown mo um and then he says um I'll wade deeper into the waters with the Raiders on some of the other things I expressed with you later but I want to say this based off the low grades and we didn't talk about this and, and Gary has been emailing me for two weeks about it so we'll address it now. Based on the low grades Raider players gave McDaniels and the coaching staff, do you remember the survey that came out, Mo, where they evaluated all the coaching staffs, um, is saying that uh, I don't believe any. He says because of that, he doesn't believe any splash signings were going to happen. So we're looking to the draft and the castoffs once the roster cuts start. You guys mentioned the Raiders had to go with plan B after plan A failed. I disagree. The Raiders just kept plugging in players to see who could execute Plan A. Let's consider the following terms, developing and learning. Raiders talk about football IQ. Then developing players end up on the practice squad and become prey for other teams. There are expendable players, players that learn and can execute, and they learn how to make the 53-man roster. I still expect Bobby Hoyer to sign unless he retires. I've seen Gleyman (laughs) Kammert play. So he's basically in conclusion. He's got a long conclusion. So, Gary, I'm just going to summarize it. He just basically says... I don't think McDaniel's can do anything different than he's done in Denver. As always, the best, Gary. So Mo, this is this is common. This is I think I would say it's prevailing thought in Raider Nation, which is Josh McDaniel's is not going to get it done. When you go into this season, even if he has a pass from ownership and he has a pass from his buddy Dave Ziegler, meaning that hey, we're rebuilding, so we're going to give you another year where we're not going to be worried about wins and losses as much. I still don't believe that he's hundred percent secure. At what point, what would he have to, even if he's in a year where they said, hey, I don't care if you lose, what, at what point could the ejection button come? What would have to happen in Raider Nation with this Raiders team in 2023 for Josh McDaniels to either lose his job some point in the year or at least after the season's over next year?
2: I touched on it with Baldy last week. Remember I asked him, yeah. I was like, well, Mark Davis may give Josh Daniels and Day Ziegler or Josh McDaniels specifically a runway of three years, but the players won't if his plan isn't working.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's remember that the players know or they have a feeling, too, about if a coach can be if a guy can be a legitimate NFL head coach or if he's just an offensive coordinator. Players can detect this right away. And there have been former players who come out. Brandon Marshall, the linebacker, uh, the wide receiver, I should say, he's been vocal about Josh Daniels is not a head coach. He's a play caller. One of the barber twins, either Rondé or Tiki, one of them, I think it was, might have been Rondé. He came out on the thirty-third team and said that Dave Zigg, uh Josh McDaniels, is not a head coach. He's an offensive coordinator. He's a play caller. So if the players have this sense in the locker room, I'm not saying they do, but remember, Bowley said there already may be questions in that locker room whether Josh McDaniels is the right fit for the head coaching position of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. If you go into that season and there there's no sign of progress, you start off <laughs> one and four and you get to the middle of the season by the trade deadline, and you're, I don't know, you're 3-7, and seven. the players are going to start bailing. And I'm not saying quit, but they're going to legitimately question whether, look, we're working hard, and to, to Gary's point about the report card ratings, when you're losing, and when you're working hard and losing, yeah. no one likes that. Think about <laughs> your job, right? Yeah. You're putting in long hours, you're working overtime, and you're not getting the payoff, the pay or whatever you're looking for, in return for your hard work, you're going to you're going to question the direction of, of your job, your supervisor, your your manager. Right. So I think that's what's going on with the Raiders. And I related it to what happened to Matt Patricia Detroit. If you remember Matt Patricia had a short run with the Detroit Lions. Why? Because he tried to bring the Patriot way to Detroit. He had to play working late, working hard, but the results weren't coming in. Yeah. So by the second year. It seemed like, I don't want to say players quit on but it seemed like players had said, look, this guy is not the right guy for that coaching job. We have, you know, something has to happen. Something has to give him. And the Lions move on pretty quickly from him. So with Josh McInnes, I think it's the same situation that not only is it similar to Patricia in the sense that he could lose the locker room halfway through the season, but remember this is his second try at being a head coach. It didn't work out well in Denver. And if people start drawing more parallels to him now and him back then over a decade ago, it's curtains for him. It, Mark Davis is not going to have a chance have a choice but to get rid of him if the players don't believe in
1: him. Right, because – and we've heard it. We heard it from some of the players who left, and, quote, unquote, they weren't culture fits. Listen, and this is what happened with Patricia in Detroit. They were hard asses. Mm-hmm. They work yep. these guys really hard. They're not mm-hmm. nice. They're not trying to be your friend. They're trying to be Bill Belichick. And with that, that that goes over like a lead balloon unless you're winning because then the guys say, okay, this this coach is a prick to me okay? And he's on me. He won't stop, won't stop. This is a grind, but I'm seeing the result. It's sort of like why people jump off diets, right? You start, you eat well, you lose a few pounds, and then you stall and you don't lose weight. And then you kind of, ah, screw this. I'm not seeing any results, so I'm going to stop. And I think that's the same principle. So I think you're right. I think if that happens, Gary, then then that, that goes on. If, if it doesn't happen and the Raiders finish a couple games below 500, they make progress with young players then I think he keeps his job, but I do think, I think we'll have a good sense for it by the middle of the season, if not before yep. what's happening, so so I think we'll know pretty quickly um, whether or not this Josh McDaniels thing is going to work long-term for the Raiders. It'll be it'll be fascinating.
2: Now, mind you, Patricia got two and a half years as the first-time head coach. Yes. As I said, Josh McDaniels has a history, had a history of failing in Denver, so yes. he, I don't think he's going to get two and a half. I think it'll be as, as I said, middle of the season, if they're three and seven, three and eight, four and eight, four and nine, I think you're going to start to see players chirping. There might be some whispers going about, like, Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. We right. have to
1: move on. Players are not going to say that
2: publicly, maybe, but you'll see the Instagram messages. You'll see the tweets. You'll see the Facebook messages oh, yeah. from third parties saying it, basically.
1: And it's exacerbated by the fact that he's got a challenging personality, right? I mean, you the, the, you go back to the Colts job. He pulls in, pulls out. All that stuff kind of follows him. All the baggage we heard about when he got hired, actually. I mean, you guys are all familiar with it, so it'll be interesting. But, Gary, thank you for your question, as always. All right, Mo, that does it, man. We're, we're done for another show. We appreciate you guys watching us. Uh, what do you got coming up that people need to pay attention to? What are you working on as you feverishly type on that keyboard? So I'm going to go
2: through some draft trends. I'm actually working on that right now. One of those draft trends involves the Raiders. Just some things I'm seeing with mock drafts because, as we know, free agency tra- changes perspective on certain prospects and team needs and things of that nature. So there's a trend that I'm seeing with the Raiders pick on what they're going to do in the first round I think Raiders fans need to pay attention to. Not that they're accurate, but a lot of times – you listen to these draft gurus and these draft analysts, they're hearing something. And sometimes they're mm-hmm. on point. I would say Peter King in the past years, when it comes to Raiders drafts, has been on point about what the Raiders are going to do. Now, not so much maybe with this regime. It was the last regime where there were leaks. But again, once you start to see a consensus of what these people think, you start to wonder. Even though I will say Ziegler and company have been very tight-lipped, they've, they've some moves out that people didn't see happening the darren waller move a lot of people didn't see happening now we can look back in hindsight say of course he was injured he's going to be 31 didn't have a great year but a lot of people were talking about the race offense saying oh jimmy garoppolo's going to have darren Waller. he's going to have devontae adams going to have hunter renfro we don't even know if he's going to have hunter renfro because there's smoke that maybe hunter renfro is going to get traded so i think we should still pay attention to the trends because it could lead us to where the Raiders are leaning possibly in the first round, especially with the trade-up-a-trade-down yes. quarterback situation.
1: Yes, and we're going to get into that next week. As I said, we'll have our normal shows uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, but we're also going to have some specials. Uh, we're going to drop some special episodes on position, uh, position overlooks on the draft. So we're going to go through – cornerback wide receiver we're gonna do all different positions for you so look for those starting next week as we start to delve into the draft as we come up on just a month a little over four weeks away from the nfl draft which will be held in kansas city this year so we'll get you started on that mo my friend as always thank you so much for being with us and i'll see you on tuesday
2: absolutely sounds good
1: all right uh that'll do it for us make sure you do if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to us wherever you get your audio just hit the subscribe button turn on auto download so you get all the episodes when they're pushed to you next week we're going to have episodes four days out of the five-day work week so make sure you uh, check that out as we drop some draft coverage coming up very very exciting also if you're watching us on youtube make sure you subscribe hit the notifications bell there and thank you for your participation in the live chat next to the screen there it's awesome we appreciate you guys so so much And for our listeners in Las Vegas on The Bet, an Odyssey radio station as well. We appreciate you being with us, too, and we'll talk to you next week. For our producer, David Stepanian, for my co-host, Momotan, I am Scott Goldbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today at Odyssey Original Podcast. Take care, everybody.